Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your main building librarian. In today's episode, we get wild. So we both had VSBA books. Maybe maybe we should remind everyone what VSBA is because we we say it a lot. Yes, and we do. It's probably been since the fall since we've elaborated on that. Good point. It's Volunteer State Book Awards. It is a list of twenty books that are voted on by. Is it is it just students? There, there's a selection committee, I believe. Okay. Um, and then at the at the end of the school year, students get to vote from that list mm-hmm. for their favorite. Okay. I yes. believe that's but how it works. is a student vote. Right. At the end. At the end. Okay. I think the initial list comes from a committee of adults, committee of, professionals, of professionals. I think. Yeah. There's also lists for elementary school mm-hmm. and middle school. We obviously yeah. focus on the high school ones. And so the reason we're focusing on it is Battle of the Books. It's a a local, I think, right now competition um, where we just get basically book clubs to read these 20 books and then compete in like a trivia contest. So that's why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of the, uh, we're two of the three coaches, so right. to speak. So we want to at least be familiar with the books. So we split them up and we each just finished one of our, not assigned readings, but chosen readings. Yeah. I finished my last one. I have one more, which I'll talk about toward the end of the show. Um, but the one I had most recently was. She Drives Me Crazy by Kelly Quinlan. And if you've been listening, to, I think I've talked about it on two episodes now. Yes. Yeah, because um, we took, remember last, we talked about the perks of being a wallflower last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I was not excited to read this book. It's just not my style. I was excited for you to read this book. You were. You've been very... I'm, I'm just a great friend. Looking forward to it. Yes. Um, so it's a high school novel, um, young adult novel where... There's a basketball team. Scotty Zajac is the main character. She is a player on the basketball team. Her best friend plays on the basketball team. She just had her heart broken by a girl that she was in a relationship with last year. And that girl has transferred to another school and is playing for them. So it starts with that rivalry and her trying to kind of prove herself to her ex-girlfriend and um, loses that game and is kind of in a funk and, after the game, she gets into like a little fender bender in the parking lot with a cheerleader at her current school that they do not get along. There's the cheerleader had played a prank on her, like not even played. I don't know if it was was kind of not malicious, but she had her car towed from a party last year, which Scotty took pretty heavily and they get into a fender bender and are forced to carpool to school. And so it kind of, plays off of their tension and um, just dislike for one another Yeah. to begin. And then, so Scotty, the thing that kind of drives it is Scotty is trying to get over her ex-girlfriend and um, I feel like just cope with that broken relationship. And in that, she's kind of forced into this um, like fake relationship with the cheerleader. And it kind of blossoms from there into maybe they have more of a relationship and Scotty is forced to face kind of the unhealthy aspects of the previous one and how that's really affected her. And she's kind of become a different person. And so my favorite thing was um, 
Scotty's development and kind of realizing how she has allowed that relationship to change her and shape her and kind of steal things, steal moments of her senior year from her. Um, and it, so it's kind of her journey through that, but it was, it's, there are aspects of it that are just very ridiculous. Like they, they are the fighting reindeer. Their town is like a Christmas town and they have a Christmas emporium and it's just mm-hmm. very cheesy. And so that's, was part of my not looking forward to it. But the thing that kind of set my mind right was actually at the end of the book, it's the author's note and the author writes, I had so much fun writing this goofy, campy, ridiculous book. And I couldn't have done it without a whole community of support. And then she goes into that and I'm like, I needed that reminder of that. It's just for fun. Yeah. And and some books are just for fun. Yeah, And so, and that's a good thing. Yes, it was. And I, I do think that a lot of our students would have fun reading it. So it was fun. Good. What did you read? I read, um, again, my last VSBA selection, which is The Cost of Knowing uh, by Brittany Morris. Um, this book is told from the perspective of Alex, who I think is 16. Um, his parents have recently died in a car crash. And since that car crash, anytime he touches something. He has this ability to see that object's future or that person's future, depending on what he's touching. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's no discretion as to what, what visions he sees. It doesn't matter what he touches. It's always going to spark a vision, right? If he's grabbing his keys to turn on, to turn on his car, he's going to see the future of his keys. If he's grabbing a steering wheel, he's going to see the future of a steering wheel. So you're saying he doesn't have a choice in whether he sees like, correct. Whatever. It's not, he it's touches, not a fun he thing. Sees yeah. It. It's not a fun thing. He doesn't thing. have a choice. He describes right? it as a curse. Okay. Right. And the, so he can kind of shut the vision off, but he has to do that literally every time he touches something. Um, and then if he touches something again, he's, he kind of picks up wherever that vision left off. Okay. So he's kind of, since his parents have died, he's, he's had this curse of seeing into the future and he doesn't really know why. Um, at one point in the book, he has a vision that involves uh, him seeing his younger brother Isaiah die. Um, and since the car crash, he and his brother have been very distant. Um, and so he doesn't know how he's going to die, but he kind of makes it a, pro- a point of trying to spend time with him and making his last however many days, you know, really happy and fun and awesome and, and being with him. And in that time, he finds out that Isaiah has a similar curse, but he can see backwards. Um, he can see everyone's regrets and, and, and things that have happened prior. Oh. Um, and so it, it's, you know, it's a kind of this fantasy, magical realism yeah. uh, kind of an aspect to it. Um, and so the book is kind of chronicling Alex and Isaiah trying to work through this, trying to figure out why they have these powers, uh, trying to get rid of them because neither it's kind of crippling both of their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of what the what the book is is working through. At some point, to me, the book it'd be hard for me to point the the particular page or chapter, but at some point point it felt like the book changed to uh, being really heavy about the struggles of being black in America, specifically being young black men, like both of these guys are. Mm-hmm. Um, and although the story of them working through this curse and trying to figure it out was still moving along, um, it became more and more uh, inundated with the social commentary too. Okay. Um, this book 
was not my favorite of the VSBA ones that mm-hmm. I read. And not for the reasons that I just stated. It was very much um, the way it was written. For example, in a big chunk of the book, the chapters are like 20 to 30 pages long. Yeah, that's long. Um, and in a, in a scenario where I'm reading before school or you know during my lunch break or something like that and kids are coming in and I need to put the bookmark in real quick, it just made it tough to like find those natural stopping points mm-hmm. where I could pick up again yeah. with, with the next thing. Um, I've also read a ton of books where chapters are like two and a half pages long and they don't need to be that short either. Again, sometimes that's just the writing style, but these were too long for me and it, yeah. it really made it hard to It's hard to, to get read. a pace, I and feel then like. I, like I said, I felt like there was this shift from this kind of magical realism story to uh, this social commentary on, mm-hmm. on the struggles of being young and black and male in America, um, as opposed to, to it being just kind of throughout. I don't know. Right. I, I'm not opposed to, to to those things in the book. It was just the way that it was done that just felt a little bit, I don't want to say forced, but yeah. it just felt a little bit um, off to yeah. me. And so when I finished it, and similar to you, when I was reading kind of the acknowledgments in the back of the author's note, um, she wrote, uh, one day I will write a black boy joy book. But first, I had to write a black boy joy despite book. Mm-hmm. And it felt like to me as I was reading that she made that change in decision, like in the middle of the story. Yeah. Uh, and it just threw me for a loop a little bit. Um, again, I thought the message was good. Right. Uh, I thought the points were well made. Um, and they did fit alongside the plot. Right. Uh and maybe I was already a little bit frustrated about the super long chapters that didn't give me those natural stopping points. Right. But I felt like that comment that she made in her author's notes, I felt like I could like... See I, where that came. Yes. Yeah. I felt like there was a, a turn of a page where that decision happened and yeah. then kind of the shift became a little bit different. And it was less about um, trying to figure out the origins of the, the curse mm-hmm. and... and spending time with, with Isaiah before his, his death that was going to happen at some point and more about that. And it just, it just didn't flow. I feel like as a reader, well, for me as, as, as a part, and someone else might have a totally different experience with, with the book, but the flow for me, because of that, it just, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Yeah. That's fair. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the idea um, and I enjoyed the origins of it too. When you mm-hmm. when you find those out in the book, um, and I and I particularly enjoyed the social commentary too. I thought it was done well, mm-hmm. um, and I thought the the points were made clear, um, and they and they did fit within within the plot and the characters and the story. Just something happened in there that just, it just seemed felt, out of nowhere. Kind it of. seemed a little um, unnatural. Yeah, that's that's fair. So I'm not going to say that I didn't like the book. I did enjoy yeah. aspects of the book. But I think those super long chapters to start really, really soured me on it from the beginning. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get into a, like a rhythm of yeah. reading. Um, I forgot to mention while you were at the state wrestling tournament last week, I got to be in your library for a little bit. And I saw this book on the shelf that caught my eye. It was called Living Simply, A Teen Guide to Minimalism. By Sally McGraw. And I had just picked up like the Marie Kondo book Mm -hmm. at um, the White House Library the week before. And so kind of had that in my brain, picked it up. It is such a quick read. Um, 
like I think a couple hours and it was done, but it's really good. Was it kind of on par with the Marie Kondo thing? Um, so I actually haven't started that one. Oh, that okay. one's the second one I, I, I'm reading from the lab, the White House Library. But um, it, I was surprised when I started reading it. It has a lot of, um, I guess, historical context around like the shift in how we do life basically yeah. and from a very um, careful way of living to a very maybe wasteful I'm I'm not doing the book justice, but it it was really well done. It's really good. Was um, it geared towards? I mean, it says eighteen guys. It is definitely it is geared toward young adults. That stage is, of life. It is yeah. well written. Even the history that's woven in, I feel like was selected well and pieced together well to give students any reader a a better picture of how things have. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? progressed or mm-hmm. changed over time in America. So it was good. It's a good pick. My wife's into that kind of stuff. Not the yeah. Marie Kondo, but she watches some YouTube lady called the minimal mom yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and we have gone through rounds of decluttering That's funny. in our home. The thing I like about this one is it, it's very, for lack of better words, like holistic perspective of the impact of having just too much stuff or yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it sounds a, very it's, on par with what my wife is yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's a good pick. Cool. Glad you had well, it. We'll take a short break. We've got a book preview from a White House High School student, and then we'll fill you in on uh, what we're going to read next. Hi, I'm Caroline Kaler, and I'm going to be reading a section from Solitaire by Alice Oseman. I'll be reading from Chapter 4. Anyway, Tori, there's something I want to tell you. I blink, sitting on my hands. Lauren and Becky and Evelyn and Lucas and Rita are listening intently. Michael glances at each face over his large glasses. But I er, can't remember what it was. Lucas sneers. You tracked her all the way down to this restaurant to tell her something, and now you can't even remember what it is? This time, Michael picks up on Lucas's tone. Excuse me for having a memory like a sea. I feel I deserve credit for making the effort to come here. Why couldn't you just send her a message on Facebook? Facebook is for trivialities such as what takeaways people are having and how many LOLs they had the night before with their gals. Lucas shakes his head. I just don't get why you'd actually come down here and then forget. You wouldn't forget if it was something important. On the contrary. You'd probably be more likely to forget the most important things of all. Becky interjects. So, are you and Tori friends now? Michael continues to contemplate Lucas before addressing Becky. That is a fantastic question. Then he faces me. What do you think? Are we friends now? I genuinely can't think of an answer. Because the answer, in my opinion, is definitely not yes, but it's definitely not no either. How can we be friends if you don't know anything about me, I say. He taps his chin thoughtfully. Let's see. I know that your name is Victoria Spring. You're in year 12. Your Facebook indicates that you were born on April 5th. You're an introvert with a pessimistic complex. You're wearing pretty plain clothes, jumper, jeans. You don't like embellishments and fuss. You don't care about dressing up for people. You'll have ordered a margarita pizza. You're a picky eater. You rarely update your Facebook. You don't care for social activities. 
But you followed the posted trail yesterday, just like I did. You're curious. He leans in. You like to act as if you care about nothing, and if you carry on like that, then you're going to drown in the abyss you have imagined for yourself. He stops. His smile vanishes, leaving only its ghost. Jesus, mate, you are a stalker. Lauren attempts a laugh, but no one else joins in. No, Michael says. I just pay attention. It's like you're in love with her or something, says Evelyn. Michael smiles a knowing smile. I suppose it is a bit like that. Alrighty. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to read two things here. I'm kind of halfway through this, this book. Uh, it's more of a tale. It's a, it's a short book. It's got some illustrations in it. It's called, And the Ocean Was Our Sky um, by Patrick Ness. And the illustrations uh, are by Ravina Kai. Um, this is a retelling. It is a retelling of Moby Dick. Hmm, cool. However, in this retelling, the whales are hunting the humans. Oh, cool. Uh, and they are after the somewhat mythical character, mm-hmm. Toby Wick, who's a man that they're, that they're trying to hunt down. How's it going? I'm okay with it. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's quick, you know? Yeah. And uh, we've, we've been talking a little bit, been reading a lot of YA, uh, which is our job. Um, but I just, I just needed something different. Yeah. This is, this is not YA. It's not adult either. It just kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this would, I mean, uh, someone in, in middle school could read this, you know, yeah. the language is very accessible. Um, it's got really cool illustrations, yeah. I think. Um, is it the best thing I've ever read? No. Um, am I enjoying it? Yes. There you go. It reminds um, me, it, I'm thinking like English perspective. We have a, we have a Moby Dick graphic novel. I'm like, oh, you could totally pair those up and compare yeah. them. It'd be fun. And I've never read Moby Dick. I mean, I know the I general either, general but, gist of the story. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this is this is kind of turned That's upside cool. down, literally. Yeah. Um, And so I'm also going to read, or at least I'm going to start and see how I like it, uh, The Guest List by Lucy Foley. This is not YA. This is adult. Um, It's like a mystery thriller. Um, it was published in 2020, um, so it's semi-recent. Yeah, I'm um, intrigued already, and I'm, I like that title. <laughs> uh, mostly for me right now, it's on the back, I'm just looking at the book, it says, uh, The Bride, The Plus One, The Best Man, The Wedding Planner, The Bridesmaid, All Have a Secret, All Have a Motive, But Only One is a Murderer. Aw, I'm hooked. So again, I just, I need a... a Two-week break here from a little YA, yeah. and then I'll hop back on it. Um, but I'll be reading, I'll be finishing, and the ocean was our sky, and then I'll be starting and hopefully finishing the guest list. I'm excited to hear about and that. You're still on the VSBA train, I, I am. I'm, they've been great books. I'm also ready for a break, so I'm going to I'm gonna get this last one in. Yeah. And, and is this, this your last one? This is my last one. Okay. So this is Needlework by Julia Watts. And when we... When we saw the VSBA list, because it does have a mix of nonfiction and fiction, it does. I really thought it was going to be like quilting, and and at the like, time you were quilting. At the time I was, yeah. Are you still quilting? Some, yeah. 
but you're not as. But in, not like with there was a group that was doing it after school. And I know before so. you were sleeping like one to two hours a night because you were just up quilting. Lies, you are lying. Um. Anyway, I thought this book would be about that. And, and the last name's Watts. And the last, it felt like it was meant to be. Yes, it still could be. We'll see. Um, it's called Needlework, and it is about a young boy in rural Kentucky. Um, he's 16, and his primary caregiver is her is his grandmother, his nanny. Um, and he enjoys, really, it seems like all the things that she enjoys, like quilting, um, watching Golden Girls, like taking care of, well, I wouldn't say this is something he enjoys, I don't know yet, um, but they take care of his mother who has a drug addiction. Okay. Um and it seems like he lives in an area that doesn't look too fondly on like more feminine boys. Um, and so it seems like it's going to focus on that along with him being raised by his nanny and, and trying to take care of his mother. So that seems to be the gist of it. Yeah, it has, has kind of a, sounds like it has a couple of um, not representation pieces, like but just awareness or, things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Drug addiction. Yeah. And, uh, it sounds like maybe it's a more rural part of the state, yeah. you know, so where, where drug, I mean, we live not far from there and where, yeah. where, uh, opioid addiction, especially in, in the rural, rural areas, excuse me, yeah. uh, is beyond prevalent. Yes. Um, and then like you said, um, it doesn't sound, I don't know if we know yet if he's gay or not, but it sounds like maybe he's at least, uh, feminine. Yes. Um, which again, generally speaking in the rural areas is. Harder for, well, um, for teenage teenage people. As you're talking, I'm looking at this about the author note. It says that Julia Watts is the author of 14 novels for adults and young adults set in Appalachia and often depicting the lives of LGBTQ okay. plus people in the okay. Bible Belt. Interesting. So, um, yeah. I would imagine that's on the VSBA list for not only the representation, but the fact that it's relatively local yeah. to us also. I read... Um, the Jeff Zentner one. I can't think of the name of it now. That's in also on the list. Light. Yes. Cause mm-hmm. I read it last summer, mm-hmm. but that also the whole book didn't take place, uh, in, in that region of the country, but, but the main characters were from that region of the country. And some of the book did take place in that right. area. So it was, had that local feel to it also. Yeah. And of course he's a local author. Yeah. So, um, so I'm not sure what to expect if this will be a, a heavy read or a, yeah, I, it'll. It seems like it could go either way because there's a lot of joy in what he's doing with his grandmother, right? Um, but obviously, a lot of um, weight to the other as well. So it'll be interesting read. Sure. Um, right now, though, it's time for us to check out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at BDP underscore Library and share us with a friend. And please don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of Overdue. Make time to read. Thanks for listening. Edited, sponsored, and produced by BDP Library at White House High School in White House, Tennessee. Check us out on Instagram, TikTok, 
and YouTube at BDP underscore library. 